right, clear the decks out there. <laughs> Sheila? Yes, <sir>. <laughs> Linda? Would you let, let Sheila have the mic for a minute? Yes. Okay, Sheila, do you still want to keep your answer for the test? Yes. Okay. Ooh, thank you. Okay. I'll, I'll, bring, it, I'll bring it back, Linda, I promise. Uh-oh. Hi, Lisa. Are you ready for the test? I don't know. <laughs> what touched your heart the most in the book In His Steps? Hmm. I guess I would have to say the way the people truly listened and tried their very hardest to answer the question, what would Jesus do? Cool. Making difference in a lot of people's lives. Thank you. Okay. Where did you hide? Diana? No, I got because I have to take the microphone back down to Linda. <laughs> okay, you ready, Linda? Or no, that's the other person. You know what that was? That was a that what just happened? That was an OPB. Yes. Old old person behavior. Okay, now what touched you the most? in your reading of In His Steps? Well, there was, there was so much um, that it's, it's hard to just pick one. One was the young lady with the absolute beautiful voice who, instead of making big money using that voice, she chose to use it for the homeless and the downtrodden. Um, the other was that over 100 people in his congregation responded. Hmm. Which was incredible. And how many people are in the, this congregation? About a hundred? That responded. Oh. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. Do I get my bracelet now? You'll get your bracelet now. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, the deal, the deal is you pass the test, read the book, pass the test, and you get the What Would Jesus Do bracelet. Thank you. And for the little people, did you notice that even the big people get stuff out of the hat? Uh-huh. The magic hat.
Okay. Linda, do you have an, uh, things to do since we're not having coffee hour? Uh, yes, I'd like to make a few announcements. As you know, we've been trying to do these extra announcements. In the gym, we are having a uh, memorial for Dr. Kirkland, and so we will not be having coffee hour today. So I'm going to do just a quick announcement. Uh, we'd like to thank David Spencer for being our leader in the Harvest Dinner. And thank everybody for has helped us through that dinner. It was a success and we sold out. So yeah, it was wonderful. Um, yes. Woo! The food was yummy. Very, we have extra apple pie and pumpkin pie and also a little bit of the jello cranberry sauce. So um, you're welcome to take some home. I believe we're, are we doing a dollar? One dollar. I also wanna, um, we have our next event, craft show in November that we have our sign-up sheet on the table where the apple pie and um, pumpkins being sold. Please sign up if you'd like to help us. Um, I also want to let anyone know that has little ones, we are gonna be having a Halloween party this Wednesday, six to eight, and uh, it'll be uh, uh, free food, and it'll be crafts, games, and we hope that um, we'll get a nice turnout for that. And um, we also will be coming up soon will be the candle sales, and we did that last year. So be looking for that. It makes for a wonderful Christmas gift. Hold on one second. A Halloween party is 6 to 8. Yep. Lisa, are you wanting time this morning? Okay, would you come on up? After, my apologies to you, Kim. Thank you for rolling with the flow. Lisa, I should let Todd go first. Okay. Uh, since we're not having announcements in the gym, I just want to say the men's fellowship is November 12th. I am not going to be able to be here, so Carl and... Bill, uh, basically, they would very much enjoy having somebody come and help cook beforehand. Uh, so, but November 12th will be the men's fellowship breakfast. And if you are going to bring something, please just let me know so we make sure we have enough for everyone. Good morning. Good morning. I'm here to deliver the fourth week I think we're in of our uh, discipleship equals stewardship campaign. First I would like to tell you what has happened in my life over the last few weeks or so. Having to put my mom in assisted living about five months ago has been very tough. While I thought some of the weight would be lifted it really was not. It actually compounded. But truth be told, it was not just the last five months, but more like the last 50 years. In 2021, Sheila had talked to me about the Emmaus Walk, and I listened, but eventually I declined the invitation. 
a few months ago, she presented an open invitation to all of us. I thought about it, still hesitating, and asking myself, was I worthy to go on that walk? Even though I had been attending church, I still struggled with my place in the church. Was this the right church for me? Was I really accepting of a relationship with God? As you know, I did finally accept the invitation to the walk. However, the questions remained, and on Wednesday, the day before we left, I had one of my outbursts, as I would call it, and unfortunately, I know that some of you have been witness to my outburst. And I'm here to apologize for that. These outbursts, what I've figured out, uh, were the built up of anger, bitterness, and resentment of many different things that have happened in my past. That week, the weight was almost unbearable. And I was praying, but I was praying for God to take me. I just couldn't, I just couldn't handle it any longer. I wanted so badly to cancel and not go on that walk. But you probably know that I did go on that walk. You have probably heard or been told yourself that God will answer your prayers. But it will be in his time, and it's going to be his plan, not yours. Well, I can now see that. God did answer my prayer. Obviously not exactly with what I had asked for. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> um, but he answered. And now I can reflect back to those occurrences. Pretty much stemming back seven years ago. Uh, and I can clearly see what God was planning for me. Many of you know I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, and that came with a year of just excruciating pain. But I can see now, because back in 2016 is when I started coming to this church. I kind of started coming because my mom and Aunt Nancy were here, so I thought it would be a good place to start. My therapist actually had encouraged me to find something because the year before that, with all the pain, I had secluded myself, and I had just stepped back from everything. I was sleeping probably 15 to 20 hours a day. I was just not, not in a good place. So here I am. I'm in this church. And then along came Sheila. He put her into my life. And I also believe he has put Pastor Mike 
in my life. He guided me that week before the walk, and he did not let me back out. All I can say is thank you to Sheila, to Pastor Mike, and to Jesus. It is here today that I stand before you with a renewed, well, let's just say new spirit to live and walk closer to Jesus. As part of our Christian faith, we are asked to give of our time and our talents and our money to be the body of Christ. We are called to be alive, to stay at the table, to be intentional in our ministry, and to serve. In the last several months, Pastor Mike has said to us many times, if you want people to be on board, you have to make the commitment first and show them. You can't ask them to do something that you yourself are not willing to do. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Today, I am going to do just that because I want and I need this church to be able to not only stay open, but to go out and minister to the people of our community. We are in crazy times in our world, and what better answer do we have than that of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Since I have been a part of this church, I feel I have given a great deal of my time and talents. I have given money too, but sometimes reluctantly. And today, I am making a commitment to this church with a check in here, I am doubling the contributions that I have made so far in 2022. I am committed to Clinton United Methodist Church. I see the value of the history of this church, and I want to be a part of that bicentennial celebration. I see the value that this church brings to the Clinton community. And I see the value it has brought to me. As Pastor mentioned in last week's sermon, Romans 12, verses 1 through 2. So, brothers and sisters, because of God's mercies, I encourage you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. This is your appropriate priestly service. Don't be conformed to the patterns of the world but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you can figure out what God's will is, what is good and pleasing and mature. So in closing, I just ask that if you haven't signed up for one of our meetings, please do so. Come and just listen. Listen to the information that we have for you. I know that we've mentioned that, yes, the volunteers are growing very tired and weary. We want to get out and do the mission work, the work that Jesus wants us to do, and not spend all of our time cleaning 
repairing the building. We want to get back to letting somebody else do that. So I ask you to come to the meeting and renew your commitment to our Lord and Savior and to this, his house. Let our story be that of perseverance. Thank you and God bless. Lisa, we have an invite. <laughs> they thought they were going to get out of singing. church family. Hope everybody's doing well today. Hey, Good buddy. morning. At least I have one little fan back there. <laughs> I have many fans, all things study. Uh, if you could all join and stand me in the call to worship. Jesus, you tell us to come to you. Hear us who are wandering in the darkness. Lift up your light of love and truth for us to see. Be the bonfire that calls us from our roaming. Be our guide. Restore us to God. Restore us to God's image. Make us who you want us to be. And if you remain standing for our first hymn found on page 380, there's within my heart.
And before you sit down, if you could please turn to one another and greet each other with a, a friendly smile. <laughs> Gee, we have huggers around here. Just, ju just, just, a, just a reminder, not all of us are huggers. Okay, just a reminder. I know I have to be careful. Always ask first. Okay. And... Um, it's, it's something that, that we don't like, but something that I will mention, okay? And that is take care of yourselves. Sadly, Washtenaw, Lenawee, and Monroe counties all have COVID and flu spikes, not just one, both, okay? So take care of yourselves. If you have symptoms, stay home. Thanks to, to Rick, we have a presence on the internet now. And um, you're, you'll be able to connect that way. In terms uh, of prayer requests, please take a moment to, to look at the names in, uh, in the bulletin. Okay. Especially remember Wilda, okay? Um, I didn't get confirmation yesterday, maybe some of you know, but yesterday she was supposed to move from hospital to uh, Sand Creek uh, care facility. So keep Wilda and Paul both in your prayers. It's a big change for both of them. Also, continue to remember Pat, okay? She's one of uh, several of our people who are struggling with health difficulties. Recovery is not easy. Remember my wife. And please, 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 okay, we're, tr we're trying to be good stewards of time. I have confessed how difficult that is for me. But... Please write out prayer requests. Make sure that they're handed in so we can get the news out, okay? I want the people on the prayer chain to know, you drive my wife crazy. Thank you. What's, what's that, Mike? Why are you getting so many messages on your phone? It's prayer chain. 
Oh. Prayer chain works, people. The prayer chain works at so many different levels. Right, Sue? Absolutely. No, you didn't. That's okay. Just tell me, us. For her sister? Okay. Patrice's sister having a breast biopsy. The scariest part of that is not knowing. Let's go together in prayer, shall we? Our blessed Jesus, what can we say? Life is not always easy. The struggles are real. And sometimes the struggles seem like they're going to overwhelm us. One of the sad things about us in our modern day is we do not have the powerful symbols, the powerful metaphors that people held on to so strongly in the past to remind them of just how present you are, just how close you are, and just how loving you are. There are times when we want things our way. And there are times when we pray and you say no. Or at least you say not now. We don't understand. The answer looks pretty obvious to us. Only later do we find out that you knew best. Oh God, you know where we are. You sent Jesus to us. And you sent him with the good news. The good news is God loves you. And God wants you home with him. Here are the keys to dad's house. When you come to dad's house, don't come by yourself. Bring somebody with you. And God, dad is going to throw an outrageous party when we all get there. Oh Lord, hear our prayer. Especially when we join our voices together in the words that you, Jesus, taught us to say. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Could we take a moment to listen to God in silence? God speaks in his turn during prayer. Amen. Please join me in a prayer for us, for the church. Jesus, Jesus you, you came, came to kindle, kindle a fire upon the earth. It is, it is a the fire of, of truth, love, and compassion. We, we pray you would kindle your fire in us. Make it a fire that will pass from heart to heart. Let, Let the light of your church shine out bright and clear. We pray for your church. Fill us, your church, with all truth and all love and all compassion and all peace. Where your church is corrupt, purify it. Where it is in error, guide it once again to truth. Where in anything it is amiss, reform it. Where, where your church, church is good and true, establish it. Where it is in want, provide for it. Where it is divided, reunite it. Hear our prayer so that we can be true to you in word and deed. You love us so much that you died for us. You rose again for us. And you live forever with God to intercede for us. Thank, Thank you, you, Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Amen. And if you could please stand as we sing the Gloria. You may be seated unless you're in the choir. Shall we gather at 
Would the children come, please? you hold the bunny, please? Okay. I brought... I, there's no telling what I'm going to pull out of the hat. I brought something to show you. It's something that I don't know how they work. What are they? Magnets. Yeah, you got magnets at your house? Uh-huh. They're at the store, too? Okay. How do they work? Uh-huh. Are any of you a science person? Okay. Explain it to me. Okay. What's really interesting is that they stick together, except sometimes. Okay? Sometimes they'll stick together, and other times they won't. Yeah? It doesn't come up? Okay. Yeah, the ladder comes up good, doesn't it? No. It stays down. So, you see it? Okay. I can't explain it. But it does that. Okay, it does that. It's not magic. There's a reason. There's, there's, no, there's a reason for it. Okay, there's a reason for it. All right. Yeah, it does some stuff by itself. Okay. Now, I like it when they stick together. Okay, because then I can stack them. And I can make things out of them. Okay. Now, there's something in here that nobody can really explain, all right, that says that they have to stick together. Okay. It's called, they call it magnetism. But you know what? God puts something in each of us that helps us stick together. What's that? Muscles. Muscles? 
okay. That's one of the things that God gives us, yes. But God gives us love. Uh-huh. Okay. How does love work? Explain it to me. Okay. Explain it to me. How does love work? I don't know all the details either. I just know that God gives us love so we can stick together and help each other. Oh. Yeah. Wow. It opened all by itself? All by itself. There are things that are important to remember. Okay. And the important thing to remember is you're never alone. And that God loves you. Yeah? Does it? Does it dance? You dance. Okay. Okay, you dance it. Remember that God loves you. Remember that you're never alone. Okay? Sometimes remind the big people of that too. Because sometimes even the big people forget. And they need to remember too. Okay? Sometimes they need somebody to help them remember. And how do you show people love? Yes. Hug and kiss, that's two ways. Anything else? Help them. You can show them a smile. You can listen to them. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes those are little things, but they're hard. Good. That's good. Wally just said, they're not really hard for me. And that is very good. So, I can't explain magnets, and I can't explain love, but I know they're both real, and I know they both work, and I know that love is God's gift to us. So, now, let's have a prayer. Oh, Lord, just thank you. Thank you that you give us the gift of love. Love for each other. Love for you. Help us, O oh Lord, to show your love. And when we show your love, O oh Lord Jesus, we're doing what you want us to do. Hear our prayer. Amen. Now, thank you for taking care of my bunny. Thank you.
Oh, you can't wait, can you? You could wait. Thank you, Wally. And there's more. And there is Sunday school. And the big people were waiting patiently. thank you. We thank you for this day. It's so beautiful, and it gives our neighbors a chance, oh Lord, to bring in the corn. Protect them. Be with them. Be with us. Oh Lord, be especially with us. Take us, take our gifts. Use us, use what we give for the glory of your kingdom. Hear our prayer. Amen. The hymn of preparation for this morning.
is number 370. Son, you may be seated. The scripture for this morning is taken from 2 Corinthians 
chapter 9. The focus this morning is going to be on verses 5 through 15, but I encourage you to read all of chapter 9. Okay. The Apostle Paul wrote, So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance for the, this bountiful gift that you've promised, so that it may be ready as a voluntary gift and not as extortion. The point is this, the one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us. For the rendering of this ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. Through the testing of this ministry, you glorify God by your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and by the generosity of your sharing with them and with all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God that he has given you, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This morning's sermon goes into territory that I don't like. I'm miserable doing this sermon. However, I need to hear it, so you're stuck. The territory is money. The other wealth we have. And it's about how we use it. Some time ago, I met with someone I mentor. She was working to be ordained, and our talk turned to preaching about money, and I was surprised. I felt all alone, but I found out I wasn't. We both had a similar difficulty. Preaching about money feels like raising money for Jesus Incorporated. <sighs> I think you can tell I'm not happy. <laughs> Jesus wasn't, isn't about money. He got rid of any money that came his way as quickly as possible. He used it to help people in need. Some scholars believe that the Greek or Aramaic word translated into English as poor 
may have originally meant those who have fallen down and cannot get up by themselves. That's very different than the way we usually view poor. John Wesley once told a relative, I think it was his sister, I wish you'd asked me for money last week. When money comes into my hand, I give it away as quickly as possible, lest it work its way to my heart. You will rarely find me with money in my pocket. We are in a money culture. Everything involves it. Even the value of traded or bartered things is measured in money. Money is number one for most people. It's the obsession of too many people. It, is too, it too easily becomes an idol, something more important than God. Carl and I had a brief conversation before worship this morning, and he says, Mike, I disagree with you. Money is not what people think is most important. It's power. And I asked Carl, okay, Carl, when did you read Bertrand Russell? <laughs> Money and power. Pieces of the same cloth. They get in the way of us and God. Money is the way we keep score. How much we have says how successful we are. It says whether we're winning or losing in the game of life. And amongst Christians, we use it to gauge how blessed we are. That's surprising, especially because we say we follow Jesus. He said you can't serve both God and be confident in wealth. You can find that in Matthew 6.24 and Luke 16.13. And Jesus didn't ask people for money. He told people, you go and give to the poor until you have nothing left to give, then come and follow me. Ouch. You want a scripture reference for that one, it's Luke 18, 22. Whenever you hear me do lots of scripture references, it means I'm having lots of trouble with this topic. It isn't that money is evil, it's thinking that money is our friend that is the root of all evil. That verse that gets translated, the love of money is the root of all evil, okay, doesn't go back to the Greek very accurately. Greek has four different words for love. One of them is agapeo, self-transcending love. 
One is eros, physical, sexual love. Filio, okay, which is love between friends. And the fourth one is love amongst family. The word that's used to talk about love of money is the friendship word. Money is not your friend. We say money talks in 2 Corinthians. Paul says to the people, don't embarrass me or yourselves. Let what you say with your money be a blessing to others. Don't let what you say with your money shout self-centered and greedy. See why I didn't want to preach this sermon? Things are not, were not all peaches and cream in the early churches. There were arguments, there were misunderstandings, there were personality clashes, there were divisions, there were doubts and fears, and thankfully, 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 there was enough of Jesus that it all got held together. Yeah, you wonder why I always ask that question. So is Jesus here or not? Jesus is the one who holds it all together. Judas Iscariot was replaced by Mattathias as the apostle, one who had been with Jesus from the beginning. That brought the number back to 12. Paul also claimed to be an apostle, but many resented that claim. Only 12 who were with Jesus from the very beginning. Only 12. Count them. Not 13. 12. Paul did much to prove he really was an apostle. He traveled farther, he preached more, he worked harder. The church at Jerusalem fell on hard times. The money in the common treasury had almost run out. Okay? When we talk about money problems, okay, we're talking about paying for heat, light, gas, and maybe the preacher. All right? In those days, it was a common pot. Okay? The church put everything they owned together, and each person took only what they needed. And you might think, Mike, that is just totally crazy. And you're right. It is. It's totally crazy. Okay? The root of the craziness was the Christians back then believed if Jesus doesn't come back today, he's going to come back tomorrow. So 
So what were they going to need with all that stuff? That treasury ran out. So Paul asked the churches he had started to help the church at Jerusalem by donating money. Paul says a couple of important things in his appeal to the Corinthians. Paul doesn't use the regular words for abundance in his appeal. He uses a particular word. He says, let what you give be a eulogy. Let it be an act of praise. When we do a eulogy as part of the funeral, what are we doing? An act of praise for the person who has died. Let your gift be an act of praise. Paul asked the Corinthians to do a well-said blessing to the church in Jerusalem. Let your gift talk. Let your money talk. Let it clearly say, we are blessed and want you to be blessed from our blessings. Paul says to them, don't let your gifts say, we suffer from pleonexia, which when it's strictly defined is worse than narcissism. Okay? It means the insatiable desire to have what rightfully belongs to others. <laughs> Ooh, talk about being greedy. We only think of ourselves and what we want. We're self-centered. We're greedy. Me, my, mine. It's okay when you're two years old. After that, not so much. Paul says some other things. Idle money is worthless money. Idle wealth is worthless wealth. Paul talks about planting and reaping. You put a little into the ground, guaranteed you'll get a little back. The more that gets planted, the more likely you'll have a good harvest. In other places, Paul reminds us to not be fooled. We reap. What we sow. That's Galatians 6, 7. Paul says that each person has to make his own decision about how to give, what to give. That means knowing at least two things. What the real need is that others have. Notice I'm not saying want. What the real need is, others have. And what our own real needs are and how much we really have to take care of ourselves and those for whom we have responsibility. One of the questions you come to, to the special discipleship and um, 
stewardship meetings that I will ask is, when was the last time you figured your net worth? How much do you have? Not that you tell me, so you know. Most people don't, especially people under age 40 and people over age 65. What do you have? We need to be honest with ourselves about who and what are most important to us. Paul says God loves a, and I went back over this more than a few times because it just bothered me so much. The literal Greek says God loves a hilarious giver. What does hilarious mean? Okay. Mirthful, noisy, merry, a little crazy. It's more, it's about more than a forced smile. It's about taking genuine joy in giving. One of the things you all have heard from me is I have serious concern about you all. And the reason I have serious concern about you all is because you don't happy dance. You don't. Okay? Did you see me swaying out of here when the dinner was over? Woo! I knew that thing was good. <laughs> What's hard for me is to give and do a happy dance. <laughs> I make no bones about it. I know how to make Abraham Lincoln scream, and I ain't talking about no $5 bill. Amen. Jan, you know me too well, girl. Paul says, God loves a hilarious giver. Paul ends this part of his letter by talking about God. He says that God is generous. He says that God is capable. He says that God is trustworthy. He says that God... What God does generates gratitude. Money talks. All you have to do is look at U.S. politics. Money talks. Wealth talks. The ways we use our money and our wealth says how we think and how we feel about ourselves, how we think and how we feel about others, 
how we think and how we feel about God. What does how we use our money and our wealth say about us? What does it say about our thoughts and feelings about others? What does it say about our thoughts and feelings about God? Paul says that bounty is more than having. He says that what we do with what we have, how eloquently we please others, is what bounty is all about. Decades ago, a guy by the name of Wavy Gravy, uh oh, we don't have any Grateful Dead fans here. You know who Wavy Gravy is, Alice? He's a roadie for the Grateful Dead. You don't know the roadies? You just know the band, okay? Wavy Gravy. His claim to fame was. You ever, you ever hear the outtake um, from, from Woodstock when it says, Hey, man, did you hear the New York State Freeway is closed? There's going to be a million and a half people here by tomorrow. That's where we gravy. Okay? But he also said, you can tell the condition of people's hearts by what they do with their dead presidents. Their money. What do our dead presidents say about us? Whew. I'm done. Thank God. Woo! Can I get a happy dance? Our closing hymn for this morning is 399. Take my life, let it be.
quick reminder, no coffee hour, okay? Um, sign up for, do sign up for meetings this week. There are four meetings this week, okay? Yes! Yes, happy birthday! To you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, Gordon Glasser, happy birthday to you. Amen. Would you join me? Jesus, guide us as we seek to grow in Christian faith and life whether through new and powerful spiritual experiences of you or through your revelation of yourself through us to each other. Amen. Remember, no coffee hour this morning. <laughs>